If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Welcome back. Another episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. I'm Debbie Brown, and this is our soft place to land, place to explore conscious conversations, to heal, to grow, transform, and get all the tools for the journey that we need to become our highest selves. This episode is really, really, really special to my spirit, and uh, I'm very excited Today's episode, we are going to be speaking with an absolutely iconic spiritual teacher and a woman who has poured her life over the last few decades into helping people understand themselves, understand the links uh, to their childhoods and connecting behaviors from the past to the present, and coming into a state of being an awakened being. Today's guest is clinical psychologist and New York Times best-selling author, Dr. Shafali. Dr. Shafali received her doctorate in clinical psychology from Columbia University, specializing in the integration of Western psychology and Eastern philosophy. 
She brings together the best of both worlds for her clients. She's an expert in family dynamics and personal development, teaching courses around the globe. She's written four books, three of which are New York Times bestsellers, including her two landmark books, The Conscious Parent and The Awakened Family. Ah, I am so thrilled for this conversation. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shafali. I'm so happy to be here. It's my honor. Thank you for having me. It is such an honor to have you here, and I have so much to talk to you about. First, I would just like to say uh, your, your first book, The Conscious Parent, it was released in 2010. I think I found it right around that time in 2011, and it is something, and I found that book nearly 10 years before I ever had children. And I read it and it is something that set me even deeper on my journey and helped me to understand what exactly I needed to heal. I had been on the path for quite a while, but I didn't understand the link about childhood experiences and how much it informs our adult life and shapes everything about our patterns. And from reading that book, even as a person who was nowhere near being a parent, It started me on that reparenting journey and that ability to really meet that little me inside and love her and grow her. And so I just want to root this conversation first in saying, I am so grateful for your work. I'm so grateful for your existence. Thank you. Oh, you're such a light. And uh, for those who are listening and can't see her, Uh, She has this amazing light about her. So thank you for having me and for honoring the work and being an ambassador. You know, every mother who reads The Conscious Parent and my other books becomes a spokesperson for this movement. I can't do it all. I wrote the book and, of course, I have an institute and I am constantly teaching around the world. But it's moms like you and voices like you that can take this forward. So I appreciate that. And you know what I love so much about, you know, some of that root work, especially in your first book, we're in this age now where, you know, the paradigm is shifting in multiple facets of our experience and parenting is coming to the forefront in a way that it never has. And our childhoods are coming to the forefront and ancestral healing. We are now just starting to really have these expansive conversations about intergenerational trauma, about lineage healing. Um, And it's such a big, big piece of the work I do and in this show, especially as it relates to the BIPOC community. So I would just love, um, I would just love your thoughts on why is it so important to understand early childhood development? How important is that for a spiritual journey? Yeah, I mean, sadly, it is the linchpin. And it's, why do I say sadly, is because most of us were abducted in our childhoods by the unconscious mm-hmm. um, territorialism and terrorism of our unconscious parents who were abducted in their childhood. So culture is largely unconscious. Culture is highly Uh, marauding, pillaging, and uh, devouring of the essence. Uh, And the reason culture has become like this, including our parents, they fall into that culture. So our childhoods were largely raised by uh, in an ambiance of unconsciousness. But the reason why culture is so hard for a child's soul 
is because it's become so obsessed with all the things that actually are anti-child, right? Children thrive in the being. Children thrive in the now. Children thrive in the flow of big emotions and simplicity and stillness. None of that is accentuated by culture, by modern culture. So modern culture sees a child as a product on a road race to adulthood and they must collect, you know, stones for happiness and success as if these are little things they can put in a bag from the external world. So we give completely wrong messages to our children. Never mind the messages around racism, around anti-sexuality, around, um, you know, anti-diversity, anti-equity. I mean, it's like so rampant with all the wrong messages for a healthy, thriving soul of a child. So then we, as children, just absorb all this toxicity. And by the time we're 10 years old, it's over. It's like game over. Because now your primary voice that's in your, in your tape, in your mental tape, is negativity, self-loathing, criticism, shame, and guilt. So you're 11 years old and you're already, you know, you got to do therapy for the next 30 years now to undo those 10 years. So yes, it, if you are on a spiritual path, what needs to be done is take your childhood messaging very seriously mm-hmm. and undergo severe deconstruction. And it's really hard, you know why? And you, you may know this is because what you learned in childhood, you now keep repeating. So now you go deeper and deeper and deeper and you can't tell the difference. Like I had a session with a client, many clients who come to me and they want that eternal validation. We're all looking to be seen. We're all looking for mommy and daddy. So they look for it in their therapist or they look for it in their children. They look for it in their partner. So now they are in the pattern of looking for it. And the more you look for it, the more you're not going to get it because your pattern is to not get it, right? So you you keep burying yourself. So this client came to me and was talking about her like seventh relationship where again, She's being invalidated, but she doesn't see how she sets it up to be invalidated because that's the pattern. So it's so tragic. Uh, but then one day, you know, we can finally wake up and realize that the love we were looking for all along was the love inside, right? So, mm. ah, so full body chills and everything that you said, and I know this is resonating so deeply with the listeners right now. Because that is a piece that I think most people just want to bypass completely. You know, it's Mm. like, no, why do I need to think about younger me? I had to Mm. spend two years looking at a photo of a younger version of me to finally open my heart to really explore that. You know, you have to witness yourself and you have to see yourself as that version. And Mm. it's so challenging. And, And much to what you said, you know. You then create these self-fulfilling prophecies. The patterns repeat as needed. These self-fulfilling prophecies of continuing to go down the same road and not receive what you're really worthy of, that you never had a chance to know about yourself at a younger Mm -hmm. age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. It's so hard to connect. It's so hard to connect to that vulnerable piece and that broken piece. And yet it is that broken piece that is creating cracks after cracks in our lives currently, but they show up as the boss or they show up as the child's tantrum or they show up as the weight gain or the addiction. So we can't realize that, you know, we're so externally focused, we get distracted thinking it's him or her or that or it, but it's really the broken little piece inside us. And it's so hard to make that connection, but that's what awakening is, is to realize that the driver of our co-creation is the driver within. That's the Mm. epiphany of awakening. Mm. Mm. And I can't wait to talk about your latest book, Radical Awakening. Um, But, you know, something I would love if you could kind of really illustrate it for those doing the work of self, especially for our parents and our moms. Why is parenting so triggering when you're in the midst of it, even if you have the best set intentions of everything that you may want to do differently? um, I think you very often those that experienced uh, emotionally immature parents or childhood traumas, you have these big, big, big intentions of who you want to show up as for your kid. And then as you're in the midst of parenthood, especially around those toddler years when it gets messy, (laughs) you start to maybe behave in ways that you don't want to. And then you start to develop shame. And why is it so challenging to parent even with good intentions? Yeah. Good intentions does not make a good parent. Actually, <laughs> good intentions doesn't do anything because uh, the intention is the, you know, we always say, you know, but what is the intention? Well, the intention we all have is to be a good person, Right. But good doesn't mean conscious or awakened. So awakening means to understand what your triggers are and why you're being triggered. So our children are going to trigger us because of our inner landscape. So children in particular are extremely triggering for us parents because they in many ways cannot be controlled. And we grew up with so much control and suppression and oppression, that when we confront this being who culture tells us we should be able to control, but we can sense that this is a wild animal. You know, it's, I mean, we're all animals, but this is a wild one. Um, We panic because we have been so indoctrinated in this idea around control and we're raised with the stick and the punishment and the shame and the guilt. So now when we face that, you know, that submission again, we're like, I can't submit again. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been submitting to uh, my parents and now, and we, we look at it as a competition. We look at it as a, who's going to win. And then we, we, we want to overcharge and oversteer and override these little beings because that's what happened to us. So we are working within this framework of control and shame constantly. And we don't realize that our kids are not trying to control us. They're, when they say no to us, they're not oppressing us. When they are yelling or, you know, many parents say, my kid talks back to me. I go, yeah, why didn't you chop off their tongue? You know, so, uh, but we look at it as such a, 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 demolishment of our sovereignty you know why because 
we are disconnected from our sovereignty since birth. So now whatever little bit we have because of our age, that's being, we look at it as, oh, the, here's the next abductor. You know, here's my next slave master. Here's my next taskmaster. You know, if you look at our lives, we, we are born to the parent who is our boss. Then we have a God who is the boss. <laughs> then we have education and teachers who are the bosses. Then we have the boss at, you know, work. And we're constantly hopping from, you know, one authority figure to the next and never really reclaiming our power. So now when our kid comes, mm-hmm. we project like, oh, now I'm the boss of you. But then when we sense that this essence is so, you know, uncontrollable, we, it, we can't take it. We can't, we just cannot take it because we're already operating f- from such little sovereignty, you know? Mm. Wow. But our poor kids, they're not, they're not trying to boss us. They have no interest in dominating us or domineering us. They just want to be big and safe and free. But that's a threat to us, right? Big, safe and free is a threat to the modern patriarchy and all of us who live in it. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. 
We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dropping gym. Why is it so important to see your child as their own authentic being outside of you and outside of the role they play in your family system? And what is the, the thought process behind a child as their own person? Um, not in that hierarchy of age. Yeah, it, the the reason why it's important to see our kids as autonomous and sovereign is because they are. <laughs> that is their nature. They are biologically connected to us, but in psychological, spiritual terms, they are their own. And we mix this up just because they're biologically, uh, you know, coming from our genes doesn't mean ownership and control. And when we as parents, as humans, celebrate our own autonomy and sovereignty, and we truly have arrived at that place where we feel sovereign, we will protect the sovereignty of our children. You know, then the the lioness will come out. You know, then when the teacher encroaches on our child or the pedophile (laughs) snatches our children's innocence or the partner, you know, uh, trespasses their sacred boundaries, we will roar. But we will not roar if that's what we think is normal, because that's what happened to us. So it's only when we, and I say we women especially, reclaim our own power, will we protect our children. Mm, mm, mm. Speaking of women reclaiming power. Your latest book, Radical Awakening, is speaking to just that. We're having um, a moment as women, to say the least. I feel the first time in human history, we are really reclaiming the matriarchy. We are able to come into sovereignty and we're speaking our truths at a very high level. And I know in this moment in time with everything that happened with Roe versus Wade, and it seems like so much is being taken from us, but there. I feel that we are in a very, very special time of reclaiming our power uh, on a global level. Can you speak to that? What is so important about this moment, especially as it relates to women and women owning who they are, healing their experiences and, and coming into this ascended position? Oh, it's so powerful that we need to, that we do this work because and so pivotal that we do this work because we have given up our power almost passively, willingly. If we keep looking at ourselves as victims, we will not rise. We must look at ourselves as active co-creators of the toxic patriarchy. The patriarchy is not evil. Matriarchy is not evil. It's the to- toxic elements that need to be uprooted. But we are part of that toxicity. We are complicit. Now, are we in a weaker position in this dynamic? Yes, but we play into it. As mothers, we raise those sons. Mm 
who then become part of that toxic patriarchy. And as women, we are complicit. The way we are giving up our worth to the cosmetic industry is our submission to the patriarchy. The way we compete against each other is our giving in to the patriarchy. You know, everything we fight against in the patriarchy, we in our own ways do it to ourselves and to each other. Don't you see yourself? Oh, I see myself. You know, oh, you know, uh, I, I criticize myself based on the white standard of beauty. I don't need to do that, but I do that. So I'm complicit. I get insecure around, I, I don't, but you know, I remember getting in my 30s being insecure around women. I had to work hard to celebrate other women and not see them as my competition. Why was I seeing them as my competition? Because the modern patriarchy has encouraged that and we have played our role. So we need to support each other. We need to support ourselves. We need to not go anti-aging. We need to go pro-aging. We need to go pro-self-worth, uh, pro-women. We need to be pro-each other, like you are doing with me and I see in you. I see a sister when I look at you. I, I'm like thinking already, how can I honor you? She's so beautiful. How can I support her? I'm immediately inspired by your, by your light. I, I love your light. And I want to support women who have light and every woman has light. So we have to support each other when we are bonded and connected and we're together. There is no threat on the outside. There's no competition from the outside. So we are the ones who have undermined our own power. Of course, there is such a thing as dominance and males having more privilege. But let me tell you, if we're brutally honest with ourselves, we have, without our realization, given up so much of our power as well. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> ah, the main way we've given up our power is that we think we need men, you know, we need <laughs> their loyalty, we need their fidelity, then we're upset when they're, you know, not articulate and not emotional. Yeah, because we're looking for them to do things that we need to do for ourselves and for each other. Yeah. You know, we, we can, we can fill a lot of our holes on our own and with each other and we don't capitalize on each other. You know, we don't have sisterhoods and communities. That's why I have a whole female community called luminous and I keep it at 25 bucks a month because I want women to support each other, you know, mm -hmm. and we have to connect and rise not against men, but rise for each other, for our daughters, for our sons. You know, this is not against men at all. We have to, we have to, we have to. I mean, I know everyone listening to this right now is like pew, 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 like brain going crazy. And for anyone listening to this that's feeling some charge right now, I just want to invite you to breathe into it. Take a few deep breaths in through your nose, out through your nose. Because this is a lot of information to take in, and there is so much to begin to be curious about within ourselves. You know, within the healing journey or spiritual journey or the journey of ascension and awakening, there are those ebbs and flows, right, Dr. Shafali, where it's like you feel so gung ho about your healing. You start to notice, you know, where your truth is and notice where the pain is buried. And then comes the exhaustion. 
um, especially when you start to see how complex and layered it is. And especially sometimes when the grief comes in about the experiences that you did not give consent for or the experiences you wish had been done differently with you. How, how can one navigate that? Because this is a lifelong journey and it is a lot. And everything you just described is so layered. It almost feels like as women, we get it from every conceivable angle, every facet of ourselves, there is like an opportunity to cleanse. Um, how, how, can, how can one really keep going on the journey, especially when it starts to get into those tougher shadowy parts? Yeah, it's really, the fact is, is that it's really crappy. And women of color, uh, you know, indigenous, black, you know, intra-intersexual women, the ones on the fringes, it is really, really, really angry-making, you know, and, and then you feel hapless and hopeless. But if we can just focus on the now and realize that we are products of, of generations of inequity, generations of unconsciousness mm. and it takes a toll it takes a toll i mean you and i know uh, so many moments where i can see that if i was a man i would be treated differently so many moments where i know i feel it in my bones if i was a white woman i would be treated differently i know if i was an american i'd be treated differently and I, you know you people can say it's our imagination but it's not and we need to validate that really shitty isms are against us. Ageism, sexism, racism, racism being the most deadly, toxic, pervasive, cruel. And we have to validate that. We have to honor that that's shitty and we're, we're banging into invisible barriers. Honor that and that pain. Don't bypass it. Yeah. But with it, we cannot give more than what we've already given, right? So if we were already, quote unquote, you know, pillaged and abducted or raped, you know, so spiritually raped, now I cannot give more, right? So that's how I operate. I go, okay, you took that, you took that, you took that for my generations of ancestors before me. But now I'm not, I can't give you my mind now. I can't give you my heart now. But I have that wealth of information that tells me I don't live in a world that is conscious. I don't have to be terrified, but I do need to be discerning. I do need to be on my game because, you know, it is a terribly unconscious world. But accepting that is the place to start mm -hmm. to then create change. You can't create change through resisting that because then you're fighting it. You have to accept that the world is unconscious. Most of the people you meet will be horrifically unawakened and really big time assholes. And now given that oh. truth, what do you do with that truth? You don't keep yelling, why are you an asshole? You go, okay, hello, asshole, right? You, you, say, <laughs> you, you, you welcome it because you, you see it clearly and then you can make your choice. Do I talk to him or her? Do I... Do I change him or, or do I leave? But you can't fight it. You can't go, why are you an asshole? See, that's a, that's a waste of time. It is what it is. The world is racist. America is racist. 
It is what it is. Now, within that, you can find your jewels of gorgeous, awakened souls, but don't hold your breath, right? If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dropping Jim. I think more coming on board and online now probably than ever is something I think about a lot. Dr. Shafali is like, if I was alive 200 years ago, I wouldn't have lasted because there would have been no one to talk to. And you would have been walking around just trying to preserve Mm. and it just, you know, something that does feel good. and, And there is quite a bit of bypassing spiritual narcissism and a lot of you know, people learning language that they're not living and embodying. But even in that, (laughs) there are those gorgeous moments where you can sink your teeth into true Mm -hmm. joy and Mm -hmm. use energy to sustain you 
through all the yeah. other bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. And that is the power of, uh, you know, abundance and gratitude, surrender yeah. and presence. We always have that. It, it, you know, people don't make our experiences. Our relationship with our experience makes our life, right? So if we remove the people from the, the spotlight and take and just literally start to create boundaries with, from toxic people, then the relationship we have with our present moment comes into the highlight. And sadly, many of us have given up that relationship with our present moment and replaced it with people. And as long as you replace your own connection to your own present moment with people, you are now surrendering to their unconsciousness, right? So you have to, t people are like number five on your list. You know, people always say my relationships and I always clarify because they think it just means people. Because that's how we're conditioned. Relationships are not people. First, you have to have a relationship with yourself. Then you have to have a relationship with your present moment. Then you have to have a relationship with the sky and earth and nature. Those are three good, strong relationships. Then you may have it with some God. Okay, four. First, you have relationships with the formless. Then you bring in some form and start with children because that you have to have. Yeah. And then optional are some adults, right? So if optional adults are number six on your list, you, you have a big buffer. <laughs> but you, you know what we do? We put the optional adult assholes number one. So then we're miserable. <laughs> oh my God. That was just the most gorgeous way I've ever heard really the importance of boundaries and how to have them. It's like also understand you can have relationships with so many things about your existence. Right. Right. People are not, you know, people should not be number one, but we don't even know what that means. Right. We, we've yeah. been told relationships are with people and that's the problem. You know, you can have dogs and I mean, there's so much life that is a beautiful dance. But we, because we're looking for mommy and daddy, we think that that is found in, in humans, in, in form-based males and females. But we don't realize that those males and females are struggling. They're, they're really having a hard time. They don't mean to be the way they are. They're just, they're like you. You know, I say all of us are beggars begging for validation uh, you know, just because we wear Gucci or, you know, drive a, a, a Porsche doesn't mean we're not little children. And that's the problem. We don't realize underneath it all, we're all just hungry children. Hungry, hungry, hungry children for a love that is always talked about in a grand way, but mm -hmm. feels so hard to be felt or is rarely felt. Wow. Yes. And that's our, that's our only purpose here on earth is to come back to self-love. I mean, that's, it's so simple, but look how hard it is, right? Yeah. We have to go to Mars, you know, <laughs> we have to go deep down and under the ocean, mess up the ocean, you know, because we're looking for love, you know? Looking for love and we are love. Mm -hmm. I would love to talk about your event that is coming October 21st to 24th, Evolve 2022, your three-day summit. Please share with me about this epic experience. Thank you. So 
you know, because I was missing a tribe and a community in my own life, I created this summit, this gathering called Evolve. It's in October this year, after three years of in lockdown. Finally, we've opened up again. And if people resonate with my teachings, then they can join me at Evolve because it is a room full of people who are like you then, who resonate with these kinds of teachings. And my teachings really help people to reframe the entire paradigm of living and deconstruct mm-hmm. all the the wrong and faulty, toxic misbeliefs that we have we have bought into. Because if you released yourself from what culture has told you, what is left behind in the sieve is liberation. And it's so, I was going to say easy to do, but uh, <laughs> after, after a few decades, yeah. Um, you just have to do the work for a few decades. Uh, how long will it take Dr. Shafali? Uh, you know, I'm like, it's so easy. You can do it. You can do it. And then they ask me, how long? I go, oh, for the rest of your life. <laughs> Easy doesn't mean it's it's quick. I said easy. I didn't say it's quick. (laughs) Maybe next lifetime too. You know, but whatever. There's no such thing as time. (laughs) Right. But if you keep it as your focus, it becomes easy and easier. So that's what Evolve is about. It's about liberation. It's about freedom. It's about empowerment and finding worth and returning to self-love. So within a community, see, that's the key. It's with a room full of people like you and me. And that's the beautiful thing about these person-to-person gatherings. It's about being with that energy. And I can't wait. I hope your audience, some of you will join me. They can go to my website, drshifali.com, drshifali.com, and find the information there. Thank you for mentioning it. Oh, absolutely. And I hope everyone, everyone has a chance to go. And, and also all of the books, uh, everyone needs to go to Amazon, add to cart. There's The Conscious Parent, The Awakened Family, Superpower, Transform Anxiety into Courage, Confidence, and Resilience, and your latest book, A Radical Awakening. Dr. Shafali, you are iconic. You are such a mind-blowing master. And I am so grateful you exist. And thank you so much for joining me on this show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all of you listening. Ah, Thank you so much, Dr. Shafali, for this absolutely breathtaking conversation. And once again, if you want to connect with Dr. Shafali, please hit her up on IG. We have everything tagged in her website as well at the bottom of this episode. Her books, The Conscious Parent, The Awakened Family, A Radical Awakening is her latest book that is in stores, and you can connect with her at her Evolve 2022 three-day summit that is bringing together parents, therapists, transformational coaches, all for a weekend of growth, sharing, and learning, all in service to coming into a higher, heightened state of your awareness. So I hope you will connect with her work, share this episode. There were so many powerful, powerful, powerful knowings um, that were shared here. So I hope you enjoyed it. Please take a second, if you would, and head to the Apple page. Give us that five-star rating. Leave a review if you would. So grateful for everyone that does. And if you haven't yet, please check out 
my episode of The Breakfast Club. I just had a chance to go visit Charlemagne, my brother, DJ Envy, Angela Yee on their show and talk all things meditation. I talked the sessions, Draymond Green, which of course is the docuseries that I did along with Deepak Chopra that is now available on Amazon Prime by Religion of Sports. So I hope you guys will give that a watch and check out The Breakfast Club interview on their YouTube Big love, everyone. Namaste. 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 Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram. Or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jack Cleese and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.